Welcome to the St Albans podcast, bringing you news, views and reviews for the city and district of St Albans. Welcome to another edition of the St Albans podcast with me, Danny Smith, and uh, our very own health correspondent, Alan Bellinger, is here with us for another edition of Health Matters. Uh, so um, we this month, we're looking at some key issues in St Albans, questions to the board, COVID jabs, but first flu jabs. Flu jabs, indeed. Do you remember our very first Health Matters um together danny when the subject was flu jabs it's okay that, it's that time of year so uh, so yeah the um, flu jab season has started um I, I don't know how you're doing but i've got mine uh, yeah i had mine at the weekend actually absolutely yeah. <laughs> well, that's two, they've got a 100% record here that's great um but um I, I do encourage everyone to to get it the um you know the flu was pretty bad last year fundamentally because we didn't have any antibodies but result of of the covid um um, problems and um and so it it was it was bad last year and certainly um i do encourage you to um to to get it this year if you can there is a change this year the people between 50 and 65 don't have access to it this year they've had it in previous years but not this year See, this is part of the problem, that they're very inconsistent from one year to the next. So people sometimes don't know if they're eligible or not. Exactly. And I'm going to come on to that with your next one. But, but all right, you carry on with this one. <laughs> I've been warned. Okay. Yes. Okay. So here are the criteria. It's people aged 65 and over, people aged six months to 64 in a clinical at-risk group, um, those in long-stay residential care homes, Close contacts of people with low immunity. Uh, frontline health and social care workers as well. Absolutely. Uh, carers in uh, receipt of a carer's allowance. Pregnant women, children aged two to two or three on the 31st of August. And school children from reception, which is year six through to year 11. So um, as usual, you've got two options. Your first is to go to the surgery. Second is to go to a chemist for surgeries. They'll contact you once um, once um, they've got uh, the vaccines in and um, they've got the capacity to do it. So for surgery, wait until you're contacted. If you want to go to a pharmacy, there's um, a link to go to. Uh, it's it'll be on the article uh, online, okay. but it's, it is too far too long to read out on this podcast. No, sure, yes. Yeah. So if you need the if you need that link, then do check out the article that Alan uh, puts together, which uh, accompanies this episode, and you can get to that article through the link in our show notes right now and on our website, stalbanspodcast.com. Um, the children's thing's a bit weird, though, isn't it? So if kids are aged two or three, or eleven to sixteen, they get a flu jab. No, from year six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is about yeah. eleven yeah uh, to year 11 which is about 16 that's it, that's yeah. It, so, yeah so oh, so yes, yes. so do you see what i mean so yes. so like you, if, yeah so if you're two or three yep and then if you're 11 to 16 so everyone in between that so if you're four to ten no but if you're younger than that over two but under four you get it yep and if you're between yeah school year six which is around about 10 yep. or 11 yep. up to school year 11 which is around about 16 yep how strange i'd love to know why they feel that the that the ages in between that don't count um aren't important i'm sure they'd have a reason that lasted for about 25 sentences but <laughs> that does seem odd to me why they don't just say everyone under 16 yeah yeah, yeah. um or, or from from two to six if there's a reason why why newborns and, although you can get it at six months if you're in a clinical risk group that's it <laughs> yeah okay anyway those are the people that are eligible for it if you're eligible please do get one if it's not just for you it's to protect other people around you absolutely which is the same reason why if you're eligible you should get a covid jab 
But I have a bone to pick with you on this. Oh, here we go. Well, maybe not you per se, but <laughs> my doctor's surgery invited me to uh, get a, a, a flu jab. They've sent me a, a COVID jab. They've sent me a fair few messages about it. They've sent me messages, messages telling me that I will be eligible to, to get one when they open the, the thing, which was Monday. Yep. Um, the, the Monday of this week, which was the 18th of September. But they started sending me messages at the beginning of September saying, from that date, you'll be able to click this link and make a, an appointment for a flu jab, for a COVID jab. Yep. And they kept sending me messages saying, that's coming up. I thought, well, that's useless. Why not just say when you can do it? Why... Mm. why preempted it i thought that was a ridiculous waste of resources yep but then i get the i get the message saying you can now book your covid jab click here to do it it clicked there followed the instructions on the nhs website and it says i'm not eligible what and so i couldn't do it tried it twice couldn't do it went back got another message for my doctor's surgery reminding me that i am eligible and that would mm-hmm. i go click on this link same thing again now, I'll tell you off air how I've got around this, but I'm not sure I should share it on air. But this seems ridiculous. That yeah. if the, so, that, so according to my doctor's surgery, I'm on a list of people that's eligible for this. Yep. I go through, and I ha- used to hear about this all the time, people being told they were invited to go for a COVID jab. They went through the, the, the government's website to book an appointment somewhere and yep. were told they weren't eligible. Yep. And, and what I was told before was, if you change an answer to one of the questions, you become eligible but you are then not answering the question honestly. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what you can do about that, Alan, but I'm, I'm blaming you. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get my magic wand out and, yeah. see, and uh, see what I can do. But, but I mean, I, yeah, that, that comes down to that at-risk thing, doesn't it? It's, it's one, one system doesn't recognise you at risk and one system does and that's mm. also I am sure in the past that I have sometimes booked my Covid jab through the doctor surgery system um, which is how I booked my flu jab mm. when they invited me to, to, to get one of those yep. whereas uh, for this this particular instance and maybe in the past they've occasionally done it this way it's being all done nationally and, uh, and, and yeah it would seem that the national list doesn't tally up with your doctor surgery list <laughs> What do you expect with an HSIT? Yeah. Okay, but but in theory, who's eligible, Alan? Let's look at it that way. <laughs> but we're really, um, let's do the eligibility then. So it's, it's again, it's virtually the same as the, the flu jabs, apart from kids. Um, people aged sixty-five and over, people aged six months to sixty-four who are in a clinical at-risk group, care home residents, frontline health and staff, and social care workers people aged 12 to 64 who have household contacts where uh, someone is um, is immunosuppressed so uh, has, has no resistance to germs and carers so okay. again it's it's very similar so so by and large it's people over 65 yep but there will be people there will be exceptions to that if you're in a, a particular category and the chances are if you're in one of those categories you would know about it there's even a chance that you will be invited anyway to go and get it yes so uh, if you have had that invitation don't ignore it don't put it off try to try to see if you can make an appointment and good luck with that and, and go through the booking service and certainly if you have any issues with this I would call 119 that's the um, and, and particularly if you find it difficult going online and making bookings Okay. The, the the free number is one one nine. That that will get you into uh, talk to someone who can actually make the booking for you. Okay. And and check whether you're eligible or not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ho- hopefully. Right. <laughs> he says. Sure. But 
Okay. But, but please, 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 I, I've, I've detected a lot of vaccine hesitancy this year over COVID among uh, among people I've been talking to. People, people have said, yeah, uh, COVID's over and I've been having the jabs, I don't need another one. And, and really, I mean, the answer is, um, you know, if you haven't had it so far, and you've been lucky, mm. then keep the keep do get vaccinated just to keep the keep yourself immune. And if you have had it, remember those antibodies don't last forever, and uh, and get that jab. I thoroughly recommend everyone go for yeah for it who is who is eligible. Do do that if you if you are invited if you are eligible. So uh, the next thing we're looking at questions for the board. So this is all to do with the Hearts and West Essex Integrated Care Board. Is that right? The ICB. That's right. That's uh, right. Not the International Cricket Board. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> so I, I just thought a little bit of a lesson as to, uh, to how this all works. So if you think of our local doctors and um, the chemists, the odd dentist that uh, is around and uh, these days and. Um, and also all our hospitals and also, they all report into a thing called the Hearts West Essex Integrated Care Board, the ICB. Um, and so they're hot they're hod shows for our area. In effect, they have the budget and they pay for um, all the costs of our local delivery. Um, and over the last few weeks, the, um, the care board has created what they've called a, a patients forum, a patient engagement forum. Oh, my word. And... Um, and, and what, what sort of fool would serve on that, Alan? I wonder who, what sort of fool would go put themselves up for that one. And, uh, um, but, but somehow I got myself on it, and somehow I'm now chair of it. <laughs> so I have, I, I have a direct voice to the board, and, and so um, that, that, that's rather fun. Okay. Um, and the first two things we had to do is, one, um, and we did it over a remarkably short period of time, but, but the, there's a board meeting on Friday, which, um, which I'm attending, and I'm allowed to ask four questions of, of the board. Um, and so uh, I was wondering, I, I certainly wonder what sort of questions everyone else would come up with, but, but these are the four I came up with, so, so tell me how you think I, I did on, uh, on narrowing it down. Um, the first one is, is the waiting list. Um, I, think, I think the fact that there's just so many people on it is getting longer and longer. People are having real problems in waiting well, people for hip mm. operations that have been going on for ages and lost mobility, all those sorts of issues. So uh, that's, that's number one on my list. On that, on that front, how, how much of a problem is sort of um, appointment wastage? It seems to be a big thing. If, you, if, if you're somebody who, who is, who is uh, in, in the process of getting some kind of treatment at the moment, if you're on a waiting list or, or you know, you've got some date looming, just about every bit of correspondence you might get will be banging on about, you know, please do let us know there's an awful lot of appointments that go to waste and people don't turn up and it costs the NHS and it causes all this sort of drain. Yet whenever I ask about, well, is there like, you know, I'm happy to go on some sort of cancellation list. You know, if you call me at the last minute, I'll, I'll come straight in. Oh no, we don't do that. So, is wastage a big? I mean, realise you may not be able to answer this now, but it'd be a question I'd be intrigued to, to have answered by somebody. Yeah. If if appointments being wasted is a problem, if well, it is causing a significant impact, why isn't there a better system of reallocating last minute appointments? Well, well, just a list that's kept of people who don't mind being called at the last minute. People perhaps who live in very close proximity to the hospital yep. who could get in at short notice. Because I'm sure there's lots of people who tell, I'll gladly take a cancellation. You know, in other, in other sort of areas of life, you know, such a thing, it, 
is is a thing you know you, you, a cancellation list a waiting list where you know you can go to a list and 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 call people at short notice um yeah i mean there's two things here isn't there one one is sort of people cancelling to reschedule an appointment because they've got a date that they can't make or whatever yeah. and then people who don't show up at the last minute so uh, missed and, appointments i appreciate there's uh, not a lot you can do if the person just doesn't turn up yeah but i because I've also I have been successful in this approach on with appointments on occasions at the hospital because I have I have kept phoning and saying look I've got an appointment for a scan in a couple of months time but I live next door you got any cancellations and twice I've been told come in tomorrow yep so clearly they do know about appointments that get cancelled that 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 get, get rearranged maybe within the same week there, there there is an element of that because it's worked for me twice mm. so I don't know whether there is more that can be made of that and yep. would that in turn help because yep. if people are not turning up and these appointments are going to waste while there's a massive waiting list that's criminal yeah but um yeah i think I, I think the big issue around cancellations is is the hospital cancelling your appointment but uh, it's it's going on like crazy at the mm. moment and obviously with yeah. today but if, but if that's the case then why are they putting on almost every letter that I've received a thing about the importance of, you know, the, how much wastage is going on by people not turning up? DNAs, I believe they're known as within, within yep. the medical thing, which, which is a did not attend. Yes. If that's such a big thing, if that's being logged so much and, and, and so much import is being placed upon that, what else is being done to, you know, reduce that? <laughs> it is a question for your... <laughs> To whoever I don't know, I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah, quite quite appropriate. But I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff going on now, isn't there, about sort of nudge tactics, and, and, and so how do you how do you nudge people into not cancelling an appointment? And, yeah. and, and saying it costs the NHS that is probably that, but it's not a particularly subtle nudge. No, and, and, and if that is the case, and if people are just not turning up for these appointments, when you've got people dying on lists waiting to be seen who are waiting forever, yeah, yeah there's something very, very wrong there. Absolutely. And maybe maybe stricter measures need to be made for someone who doesn't turn up. Yeah. Uh, yeah a fine or something, perhaps. I don't know. But 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 anyway, there you go. There you go. One of my little issues. But anyway, waiting list is one of the things. Waiting you said there were four the things. Yeah. yeah. Number two is access to GP surgeries. Um there's a very interesting document that I've, uh, has now been published called Modern General Practice Access. Uh, and, this has, and this has five requirements of what it means to, uh, to, to be seen effectively at GP level. So it's a good way of assessing um, how your surgery is doing. So the first one is see all patients by providing inclusive, straightforward online and telephone access. That's an interesting one. And. Yeah. Because most surgeries see that as an or, not an and. Mm. And um, and so they're, they're going to have some problems coming up with that one. Prioritise and allocate needs safely and equitably, including continuity of care. That's something that, again, surgeries have been fighting against recently and saying... Um, what do you mean well, by continuity of care? Seeing, seeing the same person. So if... If you have got a sort of ongoing an on condition and your doctor knows about that ongoing condition, they are far more effective in treating you holistically mm. rather than just coming in with a cold and giving you a tablet. So, um, but but just so that 
that's sort of the transactional approach of surgeries at the moment. Here's the problem, treat it, rather than looking at the person holistically, which is fundamentally what you get out of continuity of care. Um, make the best use of other primary care services and a multi-professional team. This is all about, I think we talked about it last month, there are far more people coming into surgeries at, at healthcare professionals coming to the surgeries at the primary care network level, which is the summation of two or three of the, of the, the individual surgeries. And so they have um, greater, they, they, they're a resource that can be allocated across the, the, the group and can see people and, to, and certainly take a load off um, of some of the other healthcare professionals. So it's a, it's a good team and it works. But setting them, settling them in, signposting has been has been proving quite an issue. Understanding all patient needs through structured information gathering uh, that'll be an interesting one to see what they do and how they do that. Improve the efficiency of processes and understand. Yeah, we've had that one already. So those are the sorts of requirements of um, that they've they've been told they've got to come up with. And what's been happening is in the first quarter. All surgeries have put together a plan saying how they're going to meet that. So by the end of the year, uh, they're going to have to show what they've done and how they'll do it. And um, certainly through the patient engagement forum, we're looking to monitor that and to and to get um, a good understanding of just how successful it's all been by the year end. And I think it's very important as well, and I believe this is something that you, you are bearing in mind, that as much as we need to te- take full advantage of, of technological advances and, and, and things of that nature, that's not going to help everyone. And, and we can't do that at the expense of other people. So a, a, a doctor's surgery that might say you have to make your appointments online now is no good for those who don't have access to go online. Precisely. Um, and, and that indeed is our third, our third question which we've labelled under digital exclusion, the fact that technology means, that, or if, if it's all, everything is technology-based and people can't use that technology, then they're excluded from those services. And so that's certainly, um, our, that was our third question, but we've linked to that, not just digital uh, exclusion of patients, but also technology adoption. The number of examples, for example, that have come up where the technology is in place for, for the healthcare professionals to use it and to do something, um, but actually they don't use it because they're not used to the system and they and they, they they can't use it. So, so that was the digital one, and the fourth one, and this is a, obviously a, a more difficult one to talk about, but the Letby case has been quite horrific in terms of uh, what's been happening, and I think I, I, you you wouldn't believe the number of people that have come up to me said to me what is the probability of that happening in our area and so, and so that's my fourth question to the board on on friday i guess people want to know what safeguarding issues are in place to to ensure that some exactly. of that could never happen exactly. again and, and never happen in our area yeah yeah uh, and i and i think i mean you know the let be case the the, the problems with her activities mm. uh, took place some um, what, about 20 2015 2016 so mm. a lot has moved on since then yeah lots yeah but but lots of questions have, have arisen from that because because it would seem that people raise concerns and in fact those people were somewhat slapped down for yeah. raising their concerns and it makes you wonder really you know have we learned from that because of how how relatively recently we have discovered the the slapping down of those who previously raised concerns yes uh, so, you know, w- w- one would like to think that maybe in our area 
um, maybe there's a robust system and if people raise concerns they're dealt with in a in a way that that would be way more acceptable but we don't know that so i suppose those are the, the reassurances the that we're yes. looking for yeah and, in, and, and indeed i mean what we do know is that nowadays um all um certainly from for hospitals will all have what's known as speak up guardians and so anyone that has a concern and is not being treated effectively has a, has a route to be able to protect themselves and and the speak up guardians have a direct route to the board so okay. there, there is there is the check and balances that make so how do you think how, hopefully you think I did fairly reasonably well with those four questions oh yeah yeah I, I would have put your second one first but I don't know if these were in any kind of order or no. not but I think no. access to GP surgeries is possibly one of the biggest ones that could be addressed at the moment yeah um, but but no I mean they seem to me to be fine but uh, if, if people have anything that they would lish, wish to, to contribute or, or anything they want asked that hasn't been asked, is there a way that they can feed that in? Absolutely, yes. So the, the next set of questions I've got to have ready by the 28th of November. So if, dear listener, there's something that you would like to uh, have me ask of, of, of the board at that point, please drop me a line or drop me a line at abellinger uh, at gmail.com. That again, that address is in the article. Um, but please, please drop me a line. I'm, I'm very happy to take up any issue that you like and, uh, and certainly anything that you think would be useful to ask the board. I'm all ears. OK. And, and also, if you, if you comment on any of our platforms, uh, we will pass that on to Alan. If you make it clear that that's what you're commenting, uh, what your comment relates to, we will, we will make sure that Alan sees that as well. So finally, uh, Alan, um, so, you want to talk about some key points that your that your board have been considering. So, so yes, the other thing we, we, we I've got there's twelve of us um, twelve patients on this engagement forum, and we had two weeks to put together a report to the board um, around what do we believe the key issues were at the moment. So we we went into all our networks, um, and we pulled out we pulled out nine nine issues. So I think all of these. Um, certainly affecting us in St Albans. Number one was the impact of strikes on cancellations and staff morale. Uh, on that, can I just ask something? Yeah. Because it, it, certain, certain sections of the media are very quick to blame doctors' strikes and the current strikes that the NHS are experiencing uh, and are saying that's why there are long waiting lists and that's why people are dying before they're getting treated. Am I right in thinking that's absolute bull? Because isn't it that that those things existed long before these strikes became a thing. The strikes that we've we've currently been experiencing are relatively recent. The the waiting lists were were extreme long before that. Sure. So so to to, to, to blame that now on these impending doctor strikes that they're costing people's lives, as some of our media are currently saying, some of the right wing rags out there are are splashing this up on front pages at the moment. It's absolute nonsense, it's, isn't it? It's absolute nonsense to blame it on that. Yeah, but but, but, but you're talking about but, now. You're talking about something slightly different. So but, I, I I did digress there slightly yeah, from your point. I, the, the real point is, that, I mean, the, because both junior doctors and, and consultants are out on strike mm. today, as we as we're recording. Yeah, and so the number of appointments that have been cancelled as a result of that. Yeah. Is ridiculous. Yeah, and and, and I'm not and I'm not critic I'm not I'm not saying that's but, not the case because that, that is obviously. And, and I'm saying the impact of that on patients and on their well-being. Yeah, and, and just on their mental health. Yeah, just, you know, all geared up for an appointment 
Oh, it's gone again. Yeah. But if it's, you were to believe what you read in a, in a lot of the, the the newspapers at the moment, exactly, it, it's it, that's the root cause of all the problems of the NHS. Not 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 you know a dozen years of underfunding, no. but by government, it's 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 the fact that the doctors are now going on strike, and that's what's breaking the NHS. And you just think that is absolute nonsense. Yet enough newspapers are peddling this, and you start to think, how many people are going to think? Oh, yeah, maybe it's the doctors' faults. Yep. You know, the greedy doctors who want to get paid better, you know. (laughs) But the impact that that's having as well on staff is not just... Cancellations are the impact on patients. Yeah. But staff morale, Mm. they're stretched. Mm. And and their their allegiances, their loyalty is being stretched. But I would imagine... Am I right in thinking, though, that staff morale is possibly not being impacted by the strikes? Because I imagine the staff are are all in support of those who are striking. Yeah, to a significant extent, yeah, I, I think there are. But the mora- but the reasons for the strike are probably what's causing the morale drop in the first place because of the conditions that the the particular junior doctors are being made to work under and the long hours and the, all, the oh, yeah, all of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just no, I'm just no, I'm just, I'm just observing. Okay, so, uh, but, so but but looking at the impact of all that is yeah. is, is part of what you're you're you're, you're concerned about at the yeah. moment. What so, what are the other key issues? So waitlist and let be. We've we've talked about. We've been hearing significant rise in problems of, of patient choice. You know, a key area of, of the NHS constitution is that patients have the right to be able to go to whichever hospital or resource that they believe that would, they, they, they want. And so you, you, that's the whole so, purpose so of choosing prob- books. But the problem is what, the lack of choice? The, the problem is people are just being pushed into the local facilities so right. for, for us we'd be pushed into um, West Hartford Watford Hospital and um, St Albans and and, uh, and Hemel rather than having a choice as to do we, would we prefer to go to Lister would we prefer to go to right. gotcha. uh, the L&D okay. um, and so we're being forced rather than being able to express the choice that was the, the right. thing okay. um, we brought up phlebotomy as part of the um, our key issues. So this is the issue that phlebotomy in St Albans is is pretty rough at the moment. You it, can't. Is park. there anything that we can? Is there any update on what we talked about? We we did a special episode of this in the summer, didn't we? Yep. Um, because there were an awful lot of rumours about what was happening there. Am I right in thinking at the moment it is still as things were before? It's still exactly as it was. No, there's no change. When I push for an answer, the the answer I get is it is a system issue. Right and. If you dig behind that, and, I, and, and now I'm getting into conjecture, um, but, but a system issue generally means money. Right. And, and so the, the situation really is, well, if you take phlebotomy away from the city hospital and put it into the doctors, then you're going to take some money away from the city, from Watford Hospital's trust um, and put it into the GP. So... That that's a whole set of negotiations sure. that, that but, needs to go on, and that's my suspicion is is the hold up. But at the moment, at present, you can still go to St Albans City Hospital and you can get your blood test done as long as you can park. As long as you can park, the, the parking is the is the problem, and so where possible, they're encouraging those who can drive to go elsewhere. Absolutely. But if you can, if you get there by bus or you walk there, then then you can still turn up as you could before. Yeah. And and as as far as we know, that isn't planning to change. Nope. At present. Nope. At the point of recording. At the point of recording. <laughs> okay. I, I, I mean, I was online last night and, and I raised the issue yet again. 
Uh, and again, I was told there are discussions going on, but we can't say any more than that. Okay, well, no, fair enough. Um, you, you skipped over on your list GP access. Did you well, want to we, mention that? Yeah, we covered it. We, oh, we, you're happy we, that we've already we, covered we, we covered that. Right, okay. We? So dentistry. So, so dentistry we brought up. Dentistry is still a mess locally. The, if you try, if you have a, a toothache and try and get that dealt with on the national health You'd be very lucky if yeah, you get trying anywhere. to find an NHS dentist if you don't already have one. That that's the big challenge, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we were told that people have been waiting eighteen months to be able to see a dentist on the National Health, and um, and, and our area is better than some. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not a good thing, is it? Yeah, autism and ADHD, and that's not in the strongest state at the moment, and so that was a point that we raised. And the whole issue of ambulance waiting times, and many people were complaining about passenger transport and the, the waiting times for that. So so those were the sorts of issues that, that we put to the board. Um, and again, we've got to do another report like that for the uh, November board. So again, if there's any issues that you'd like to see us raise on that, then please let us know. And um, we're, we're all ears and uh, we'll take up anything that... Um, you believe is is something that we should we should take to the board. Okay, and any yeah anything that that you you wish to to comment on, dear listener, do let us know through one of our platforms, and we will pass that on to Alan, uh, and we'll make sure that your voice is heard. Uh, Alan Bellinger, thank you very much for uh, another informative uh, look at our health situation here in 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 St Albans and the surrounding areas. And you'll be back with more Rana at the same time next month. I look forward to that. Okay, great stuff. That's Alan Bellinger, our health correspondent, and that brings to a close uh, this edition of the St Albans podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, there, uh, if you want to find out more about our show, check out our website, stalbanspodcast.com, and also we are on uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and X or Twitter, um, whatever it's called this week. Uh, and we're on it until Elon's going to start charging us. Then we're coming off. But in the meantime, we're still all there, and we are at St Albans Podcast. You can find us on all of those platforms. See ya! Thanks for listening to this edition of the St Albans Podcast with Danny Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or a podcast platform of your choice. This will help us reach more listeners. Join us, the St. Albans Podcast, next Wednesday for more news, views and reviews. In the meantime, commit no nuisance. Produced by Samantha Rolfe. Logo and artwork by David Ellis. This is an independent production in association with the Heart Advertiser. If you would like to become a community partner or a sponsor of the podcast, please visit stalbanspodcast.com for more details.